Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new Ultra Micro Diameter Injection Arrows. Injection utilizes the new Deep Six standard for more big game penetration than ever before. Learn more about the injection today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, Editor Christian Byrne. All right, welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and as always, we have got a totally dynamite episode for you today. A matter of fact, uh, it's a Friday morning. Uh, I'm wrapping up my work week. I'm getting ready to head to Florida first thing Monday morning to do nothing but chase some wild pigs and hopefully an Osceola turkey down there. And when you're getting ready for a pig hunt, I'm telling you there's nobody, and I mean nobody, that you would rather have as a guest on Peterson's Bowhunting Radio than the salt and the swine, the prince of pork, the pig man himself, Mr. Brian Quacka. Thank you for being here with me today. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I tell you what, I am doing great because I'm getting ready to go hunt some pigs. There's nothing better, is there? You're going down to Florida, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh we usually use them Florida pigs in Texas as bait. But yeah. other than that, it's uh it's all good, man. Hey, listen, as long as you're going pig hunting, I don't care where you go. It's the that's the it's the greatest animal on the planet and it is the best animal that you could ever hunt with a bow. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I always say if there was one animal that was made for the bow hunter, it's the wild hog. Uh, and guys going to Africa that wants to test their equipment, that sort of thing, uh, that is the animal that you want to uh, test your equipment on because they can they take an arrow better than probably, i got to be honest, other than the bush pig in Africa, most of the stuff that I've shot in Africa is candy compared to a 200-pound boar hog. Yeah, they can be tough, and uh, they don't tend to bleed a whole lot all the time either. So the tracking can be, especially when well, they get, get in that sandy soil and whatnot. I thought, you know, look, my radio interview don't need to be all about me. It's what it needs to be about. It needs to be about, I mean, you are uh, the voice of the bow hunter, okay? So here's what I say. I say that there is all of these things out there that people say, well, a faster arrow, a lighter weight arrow, and this and that, and or you need heavy poundage. But when you get to broadhead selection, guys will say, oh, you've got to shoot a two-blade for penetration, or you got to shoot this or that. Everybody argues with me uh, about broadhead selection for pigs. I am a mechanical broadhead fan, okay? I am a rear-deploy mechanical broadhead fan as long as you're shooting a thin-skinned animal. When you shoot a pig or you shoot a thick-skinned animal that can take an arrow like that, I like a jackknife-style broad, mechanical broadhead over the rear deploy simply because it goes through and then it opens internally. And I've proven that time and time and time again. you got to get in there and don't lose your kinetic energy before you get internal on a pig. That's what I like. Or a three-blade, but all truth uh, Grim Reaper's making a brand new hybrid four blade that's great. Any four blade broadhead, whether it be mechanical or fixed, is the best for a pig. You have to X that hole so they bleed. Mm-hmm. And and you know you talked about arrow weight too. My personal opinion, really, 
pretty much across the board for most bow hunters. I, I think, you know, that whole speed craze may be on the decline a little bit. I um, hope. I, I, I personally, you know, think you're better off shooting a heavy arrow for most of anything, but especially for pigs for two reasons. Okay, first and foremost, a heavier arrow is just going to pack more punch. It soaks up more energy out of the bow. And second of all, most of your shots on pigs, you're talking about spotting and stalking or sitting on a feeder. It's rare that you're really probably going to shoot at a whole lot of pigs with a bow that are over a 20-yard shot, and there's no reason you don't want to have a heavy arrow. No, 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 and it quietens the bow, and, and me and you both know uh, this is an interesting fact that I learned from Chuck Adams years and years ago. Uh, in order for a, a deer not to be able to jump your bowstring, your arrow would have to be traveling somewhere around six, 700 feet a second. That's not happening, and people say, well, pigs don't look up, and pigs don't jump the string. Well, I could publish video on Facebook of hogs hitting the ground at 20 yards when you shoot at them. So... I'm with you. I like to stay around 9 to 12 grains an inch on my arrows. And if I'm looking at an arrow chart when I go into a bow shop and a guy says, oh, you need to shoot a 250 spine arrow, I said negative. I want the next heavier arrow above that. Don't go lighter, my friends. Go heavier. Uh, absolutely. Better all the way across the board. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'll tell you one of the best things about two of the be- my favorite things about hunting pigs with the bow, okay? First of all, it's probably about the most low-pressure animal you can bow hunt, and here's what I mean. Now, if I, you know, I like whitetail hunting. I'm sure you like whitetail hunting, too. I love it. And if I am lucky, depending on how many states I hunt, right, and most guys that are listening are only hunting one state, right, if I'm lucky, I might get maybe in a really good year, maybe I have three encounters with really big buck, and if I'm more average maybe i get two and maybe i kill one or two you know most guys maybe they kill one if they have a really good year and if you blow that shot that might be the only 10 seconds you have the whole year to make it happen and if you blow that man i don't know about you but i will toss and turn and stare at the ceiling in my bedroom for nine months until your season opens again oh man i mean you know that that's one of the things i mean yeah I, i i hunt with all weapons but look by nature, I'm a bow hunter. That's how I got so addicted to pigs from the time I was a kid. And the thing about it is, there's something to be said about being able to uh, kill, learn how to kill big bucks. And you know as well as I know that there's some hunters that are better hunters, or they just have it. Uh, you know, I've, I've hunted with the best. I've hunted with Miles Keller. I've hunted with a lot of guys. And people ask me all the time on the deer side, how... You know, how, how do you judge the, the hunters? And uh, it's, it's different all over the United States. A South Texas deer hunter is not a Midwestern deer hunter. It's totally a different world. And if you get to travel, if you're lucky like me and you get to travel a lot, then you experience, experience in the field is what I'm saying. That's what makes you a better hunter. And I still say to this day, my dad is either the best whitetail hunter I've ever seen or the luckiest. I don't know. But I know that I can set a stand for a week and not see a deer, and he'll get in it and he'll film a 180. So, but like you said, opportunity, testing your equipment, getting in the field, and the more animals you, you harvest makes you a better hunter any species that you choose. 
Oh, absolutely. So, so like I said, you know, that, those those encounters with a mature whitetail buck or or a bull elk or whatever, you know, you're after. Those can be intense, and if if it doesn't come together, you know, you have a lot of regret. Pigs, I'm tell you what. You go out there to a good pig hunting area with a lot of animals. You know what? You go out there, you blow a stalk or two, you miss a shot or two. Guess what? You don't need to shed any tears over that because all you're going to do is go find you the next pig because there's another one not too far away. No doubt. And uh, I know the population in Texas is somewhere around six million. They do a billion and a half dollars a year in the United States of damage. And it's crazy. It's what it is. And, hey, listen, me and you both know. A mature boar hog, three to five years old, uh, in his prime, is a very worthy adversary. I tell people, if you can afford to go or find places to pig hunt, and you teach yourself how to consistently set up on big pigs and kill them, then your whitetail and elk and all the other species that you hunt, your ratio will go through the roof as far as being productive and, oh, yeah. and harvesting those animals. Because a big pig is a very, very smart animal, and I'm going to tell you this. they got a better nose than anything that I've ever hunted, and they're always, if you bait them or they come to a feeder, they're always going to circle downwind of that feeder before they commit. Oh, yeah, and you can't beat their nose. And a matter of fact, I mean, let me ask you this, Brian, because you, you know, I've hunted pigs a fair amount, but you've hunted pigs, I guarantee, 20 times more than I have. Um how many times have you never seen the pigs and all you hear is, you hear That's that it. one time, it's over, baby, they're gone. It's, look, pigs come in and they come in in a group and it's almost like that they have a T-Mobile package built into their brain. If they make one of the pigs, any of them makes a, a different sound, they'll all scatter. No questions asked and they're always going to run with the wind in their face. That's what they're going to do. And I've uh, filming over the years. I was after one particular hog. Uh, a farmer called me. He said, listen, this pig is eating out of a, the cattle feeder. I'm like, what? I mean, it's pretty tall off the ground. This thing was probably three, 350 pounds. I sat up on him for a couple of weeks. The wind was squirrely. We knew that a northwest wind was the only time we could hunt. I had a pig come in and came all the way down, straight downwind in one little bitty spot. And we filmed him. He turned around, and he started walking out. And we would have never seen this pig had we not been in this particular tree that we changed. He snuck in and eased right out of there, and I've never got a shot at him. Yeah, they are challenging. Well, let's uh, let's transition a little bit because you've got some exciting things going on. And I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's crazy country, man. Only in America, right? Only in America could a kid from, from Texas who just – just like helping the local ranchers thin the hog population, now this whole hog thing, it's almost captured the imagination of all of America. You have uh, a brand new program coming mainstreaming pig hunting on the Discovery Channel, Boss Hog. Tell me about this. Oh, man, it, it's just, you know, we've been, we've been really fortunate. I've been very lucky in outdoor television uh, on Sportsman Channel, and and, uh, you know, I kind of, yeah, people, you're the guy that mainstream pig hunting. I don't know about that. You know, I, I'm not going to take the credit for that. Pigs pigs are the reason that everything's successful. You know, you would have to harvest 70% of the herd every year to maintain a controllable population of pigs, and that's not going to happen. Flying them with a helicopter, doing all that, and that's where the notoriety come from was the Apocalypse series. 
still some of the highest rated outdoor TV shows in history. So as you grow, Discovery contacted us. We shot a concept, and it's basically a comical version of my businesses selling bow and arrows, uh, running, uh, building top drive type vehicles, uh, owning part of a barbecue place, and, and raising my 14-year-old son, which is the smartest. He's the smartest one out of all of us. So it's a pretty comical version, and it's not a knockoff of Duck Dynasty. It's look, pigs don't quack. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a legit business. It's what I do to make a living. There is more to Pig Man and Pig Time Enterprises than just me doing an outdoor television show. That's just an excuse, man, for me to be able to travel and hunt. So it's a detailed account and a comical version of what we do. And everybody on Facebook is like, hey, don't change, man. Don't sell out. You have to do a certain amount of a big network version to make the show interesting to all demographics, not just hunters. Here's the thing. If it was just hunters watching Boss Hog on Discovery Channel, they would, I would be off the air by episode number four. We have to appeal and promote the sport that we all love. And bow hunting is the key to that because everybody, uh, New York City, uh, you know, Toledo, Ohio, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, if they don't have the opportunity to take their children hunting, they don't need to make the excuse to me that I didn't promote the sport enough for them to go down to their local retailer and buy a youth bow and teach the children how to shoot a bow and arrow. There's a lot of school programs out there that have archery in it, and that's what it's about is me promoting to young people and hitting all demographics. And I think that, honestly, at first, Discovery Channel was like, whoa, hey, you know, you're a little bit, you're a little edgy, you're abrasive, you're really a a hunter. I'm like, what the heck, what did you think I was? This is what I do. And I'm not going to change that for you or nobody else. So now it's turned full circle and they love me. So they're like, you're pretty interesting, dude. (laughs) so well yeah you're crazy yeah you're definitely interesting and you talk about promoting things i'll tell you there's a couple things that i see going on here you mentioned the archery which uh you know that's been archery's just been blessed you know as a sport the last few years between the olympics and all these movies the hunger Hunger games Games, the the avengers stuff the the brave movie that disney did and you know so many kids have gotten interested in archery and that's been great and then you know on the hunting side you know and of course i I always kind of half jokingly say you know bow hunting's the politically correct version of hunting right because like you said some of these bigger city areas people you know guns not everyone's down with that but nobody you know none of you you won't find too many soccer moms that have a problem with going and flinging some arrows in the backyard. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, I totally uh, agree. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, even when it comes to animals, you know, and I used to, uh, I used to be an outdoor writer for a, for a newspaper in Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's kind of the same thing, writing, hunting and fishing stuff. Uh, for a newspaper is kind of like taking your show to the Discovery Channel. And what I mean by that is your audience is totally mainstream. At Peterson's yeah. Bow Hunting, I'm just writing for fellow bow hunters. But when you do stuff for the newspaper, everybody sees that. You know, the most liberal people in the community. So I always found this is the thing, and this is where I'm going with this, is pigs, right? I never once, I never once saw any animal rights people organize a protest and hold picket signs for a turkey hunt or a pig hunt, or anything that was ugly. 
They only didn't right. like it when you shot the bears and the deer. You know why? Cause Other, yeah, or Africa, the lions. Yeah, they're cute so, and they're cuddly. That's not right. But I'm telling you what, man, you don't see too many protesters at the pig hunt, do you? No, man. <laughs> no, no. But, I mean, it's if you read some articles, you know, uh, on pigs, and there's some pretty interesting facts. Uh, pigs are dangerous, but they don't. Like the old-timers will tell you, oh, I, don't, I know this guy down there, and this pig ran in his house and killed his dog. And I mean, please, man. I mean, let's don't brand them as they're that dangerous. But there are cases where pigs have, you know, I dog hunt as well. and But I use it for an eradication tool, you know, because we're overrun. But yeah. also at the same time, do not be confused when I tell you that I love a pig. A pig is my life. It's my living. It's what I do, and it's still the most wonderful thing that I've ever been able to hunt. I mean, I love to kill big whitetail. Do not get me wrong. I love to elk hunt, and I'm fortunate enough to travel all over the world. But the, no matter what destination I land at, New Zealand, Argentina, Africa, I'm always asking, is there any kind of pig that I can shoot? Mm-hmm. That's my gig, man. And all I want to do is be an ambassador for our sport. I love archery. I'm an archery guy by trade. A lot of people don't know that. I've been doing my own bow work for 20 years. I build all my own arrows. I make components for arrows that manufacturers don't offer because I've shot these pigs and I've seen things fail and I have my own opinions. But you got to remember, not only do I have five years of experience on television, I killed 200 pigs with a bow before I ever went to TV and I've filmed probably 300 pigs being shot so i've seen a lot and i know that if you can get a solid pig set up you can harvest anything on the planet yeah yeah one thing that i thought was interesting too is uh and i didn't realize this about you and i i know this is a bow hunting show but you also had formal training i think as a as a gunsmith too i went to i went to a trade school yes uh, uh for being a you know a machinist a conventional machinist and that's really the way the whole thing got started and I, I perfected uh, blueprinting and rebuilding rifles, and I, I've done four or five hundred of those. And you get to the point to where you know it's like comparing a bow from 1983 to what we have now. And I got sick of shooting pigs with a gun, and I always have been a bow hunter, but I really got back into it real, real heavy when I was about 22, 23 years old again. And I just started. Uh, I worked closely with their archery, with their engineers. Some of the latest bows that you see from Bear Archery, this the new two-cam design on the motives and the agendas, that's got a lot of pigman in it. I begged them. I begged them for a two-cam bow, and we finally got one. And now they sold about 12,000, 13,000 more bows than they projected last year. So, look, for me to be affiliated with a, the Fred Bear brand, uh, I almost passed out when I said that. I mean, I, Fred is was the man. And... That was my hero. And uh, I'm even contemplating getting a Fred Bear tattoo on my back. So there's the world of archery is, I think, the most wonderful thing in the world. Uh, I help a lot of kids. I donate to programs. So does the sponsors that represent me and help these kids get into archery. Because like you said, you know, guns, gun guys take a beating. And it's, it is my background. And I know a lot about it. But I think at the end of the day, if I got to do something in a, I like to just go out in the evening and shoot my bow and work on my own stuff, tune my bow, time my cams, work on my arrows. That's my thing. That's what I do for fun. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can't help it, man. I can't help it. That's all I want to do. Well, there's there's not a whole lot better to do, in my opinion. You know, not not everyone would agree with us, but I bet you a lot of our listeners would. Man, I mean, young kids that are really into sports and stuff. If you if you teach them how to bow hunt, okay, and you take them a dozen shafts, and you say, look, with this fletching jig and these fletches and some glue, you can customize these arrows that are about like you want them, not like the guy at the bow shop makes them. But I think that I want to start doing a lot more hands-on stuff on YouTube and things like that, showing people how the the people from my production company, same producers as Duck, Gurney Productions out of L.A., they was amazed at segments they shot of me, fletching arrows with a Bitsen burger. I mean, I had 20 people standing around me from Los Angeles wanting me to show them how to fletch an arrow, and I just hand them arrows. I taught 30 or 40 people how to fletch arrows from L.A. that are not into sports, but you know what? Here's the crazy thing. We had a bunch of bare bows and stuff of that nature for props that, that we put in my shop. And, and, we, you know, of course, we have to set it. It's a set. It's a production set. So we set it up, and these guys are like, hey, can I buy a bow? You have no idea how many new archers just shooting the first season of Boss Hog has brought to the table. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's going to be good for all of us, I believe. And uh, it's just interesting, too. You talk about tinkering with the equipment and everything. That's so much what we're about here at Peterson's Bowhunting. And we love, you know, to do that. And we love to do the testing. Like, you talk about everything you've learned from your practical experience in the field, you know, seeing so many animals get shot, shooting so many animals, what works, what doesn't work. And we love to dig into the the technical side of things and, and some of the testing we do. I mean, just in arrows, we just did a test uh, uh, about looking at some of these new uh, specialty veins that are out there, all these new one-piece veins, your quick fletch, your speed fletch, and whatnot. And, man, I mean, it's it's amazing to see the numbers behind all this stuff, too. And like you said, how, how a small change in your equipment c- can make such a big difference. Just to give you an example, um, yeah, boning, uh, uh, their, their uh, uh, stretch fletch, it's a helical. It's molded on in a helical, and some of the others, uh, you know, just have an offset. You would not believe. You're talking about uh, a spin rate of... Uh, on, the, on our spin tester, 24, over 2,400 revolutions per minute on the helical veins. Some of the offset veins were like three 400. I mean, think about the amount of stability. We, we tested kinetic energy. I mean, yeah, those helicals are going to go a little slower. You're going to lose a little so more en- energy downrange, but your group size is tightened up. We're going to do another test, look at the individual veins and different vein orientations. I mean, we love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I totally relate to you on that, on all that. I tinkering. do. I, I mean, I do that, and I've, I'm a four-fletch guy, and I bits and burger fletch, but yeah. I really twist my veins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've modified my clamps, and uh, like you say, I've noticed a big difference when I started putting the fourth fletch on, and I really started twisting the veins. Uh, I, but I've, I've done that, too, you know, for years and years, and that's what I've worked on. I'm a fan of the AAE Pro Max veins, but I've shot just about everything. And I know the great folks over at Boney. They're fabulous people. Listen. Everybody's making good products. That's where I'm going. I'm not doing this radio show to pitch anybody. I know that I can tell you the companies that I've worked with and the ones that are easy to deal with, the ones that listen to what people like me and you that are seasoned archers, what we have to say. And there has to be ambassadors like me and you in the industry because 
there are some people that'll go buy a bow and spend 1500 bucks and they don't shoot it. The one thing that I can say is if you don't know about the equipment, it's easy to find somebody that does. Let them give you their opinion on your setup and shoot your bow. That's what you got to do. And that's how you become a seasoned archer. It's that simple. Absolutely. So, so listen, you've got this new show on Discovery. Like you said, I, I think it's debuting like right around now, right? It's uh, April, Friday, April the 11th at uh, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, right behind Sons of Guns. And so people are going to want to know, well, hey, that's great, Pigman. You got this show on the Discovery. You're big time now. Does that mean you're not going to be doing your, your Pigman stuff on Sportsman? or is that Oh, still- no, no, no. Do not be confused. That was a fight, buddy. We was in a firefight. That's what they wanted to do. Uh, but, I, you know, you're not going to have time. I said, well, guess what? If I don't have time to hunt, then uh, we got a technical malfunction because that's what I do. So they said, now, so now it's turned full circle and they're loving it. So I am not going to reduce the amount of shows I do. I'm still going to shoot 20 originals like I always have. And what I'm doing is my, I've had to really precisely look at my schedule I'm at show 16 right now completed of season five. And remember, I shot eight original episodes for Boss Hog, and it took 10 months, and I still juggled that. So if we get a second season by for Boss Hog, that'll go to six months because they'll have to give me some time off. And, yes, normally it takes me six months to wrap 20 original series with Pigman the series. So, no, sir, Sportsman's Channel in – what I'm about hunting is not going away. So I'll always do what I do and I'm going to have a full plate. Yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about that too. I think that people probably are curious, you know, how much, uh, I mean, well, let me just back up a second. This is what people, you know, don't always think about. Of course they see somebody like you and all the things that you're able to do and it's easy to be envious and, uh, you know, truthfully told, uh, you know, you do have a blessed life. You've, you've got it pretty well, but to say that it's not an awful lot of work, uh, you and I both know that that wouldn't be the case. I mean, tell me a little bit about your schedule and how much time you've got to spend on the road and how much time you're sitting, you know, in front of a computer screen, looking at footage and working on scripts and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, I, you know, I got to say that I'm working about 10 and a half months out of a year. And we try to, uh, just so you know, by average of five days on the Discovery shoot per episode and about six to seven days on Pigman the series, uh, I have a, the best team of post-producers and managers and all that in the business. And it takes five or six guys to keep this thing running lean. I've also got one of the best videographers in the business that works only for me. So he's very flexible. And all even after season five, we started Pigman the series. We didn't even know what we was going to do, man. We just was random. And that builds problem, problems within the treatment or the concept of the show. And that's always been the entertaining part. So what I said is, I'm not going to stick to a per se hunting schedule as much as I know I want to go to Colorado, I want to go here, I want to go there, I want to go these five destinations and bow hunt deer or these other four and bow hunt pigs, but I just let the chips fall. Uh, I let the, I just let the dominoes go where they go. And when I show up, if it's a disaster, that makes great television because it's the same thing that our fans and our the hunters in this industry and you and everybody else is going to uh, 
experience when they get there. I don't need polished. I don't need this is happening over here. I got you this stand set. No, I'm going to find my deer. I'm going to put cameras up. I'm going to hang the stands, and I'm going to kill that deer on my own. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a tedious. Uh, it's it's hard to balance. And here's here's a good fact. Two hundred and twenty six days without a day off straight, and I can tell you that I've slept past six o'clock four times in that amount of days. Mm. So yes, but I was put, I'm, I was put here to promote this sport. That's what that's what my job is. When I've seen this thing growing, promote archery, promote hunting, promote kids, and yes. It is a great business opportunity for me to get on Discovery Channel. Uh, but at the same time, the archery part of what I do in my business uh, is was a very, very uh, big factor in Discovery really liking what I'm about. It wasn't about just my personality. It's about what I do. And there, there was very, I'd say 70% of the, of the whole thing got done because of the archery. Mm. And that's a, that's a pretty interesting fact, and it is eat up with bows. So, I, I just had a question. I wasn't actually planning to ask you anything about this, but it just came to me as you were talking because I was thinking about the amount of time and effort and money that you have invested in everything that you have going. And it's scary. Uh, you know, we look around the industry, and unfortunately, we've had a number of. Uh, you know, so-called celebrities over the years that have, let's say they've slipped up, if you will. They've given into temptation, maybe, to take some shortcuts and do some things. And, right. ooh, it doesn't take long to sink your career, does it? Ten years no. to build it up, ten minutes to ruin it, doesn't it? Less and uh, talk to me about that and just, uh, I mean, as an ambassador for the sport, I mean, you got a lot of responsibility. You only have to go out and be a knucklehead one time and uh, we oh. all get a black eye. Listen, man, uh, I'm the first to admit everything. I've never had a game violation. We uh, got caught up in a mess in North Carolina, and we hunted with an outfitter, uh, did a recurve uh, bear hunt, uh, and we went across a piece of property that was never told to us that it was some sort of a national forest or Indian ground, and we didn't have a filming permit. Well, of course, being that I'm always in the front of everything, they, there was 132 people arrested, and as far as I know, these guys was doing all kinds of things in other states. And I was the only guy that actually got a filming fine that was a filming permit fine, and it was reduced down to whatever. But come to find out, I had a radio uh, or a, a network news station from Atlanta call me up and I think that whole thing is under investigation. The feds are under investigation for wrongfully accusing and doing all these things. So it's, dude, I'm setting up on a, I'm standing on a pencil eraser, and everybody's throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I, and look, it's not that I've not always done what I was supposed to do because I have. That's the way I raise my son. There's, there's no shortcuts in this. It's you earn what you get, and it means a whole lot more to you at the end of the day. That's the way I was raised by my dad. Mm. And I am an upstanding guy, but it's a very, very hard place to be because 
I am a target. And the TV police, you know this, the TV police is waiting on you. I can give you one interesting fact that will crack you up. This is the kind of email traffic I get. Not congratulations on hunting for seven days and killing that pig with a bow. It's, you said cedar tree, and you're from Texas. I said, okay. He said, well, I've got five PhDs, and there is really no cedar trees in the continental United States. Their only cedar trees are in India, in a small region of India. What you have is mountain junipers. You're wrong. <laughs> so study your trees, too, my friend. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately... You know, there's always there's always some jealousy too. I mean, and you see, you don't have to be a celebrity. You see, just anybody. I mean, if you are the local bow hunter who kills the biggest buck in your hometown, I guarantee there's five guys out there telling stories about how you killed it illegally. I don't know why. That's, I know, that's man. Just I agree dark, with you that's on that. That's the dark side of our business. And you brought up a good point too about outfitters. I remember when I got this job, you know, and I came in, and hey, I figured I find got the golden horseshoe you know i'm going to be the editor of peterson's bow hunting i remember one of the first things that my boss the publisher told me he said you're going to go on these hunting trips he said you always have to keep in mind you can't just necessarily trust all these people because it's exactly like you said pig man they're gonna they have in mind right that they're invite you somewhere they, they think i got this spot for pig man where i know this big buck is coming i'm gonna sneak him in there i know i don't have permission you know and you can't they think, you know, that you're going to help them out. They're going to sneak you. They put you in a compromising position. It yes. happens all the time, man. So we got to be vigilant. Ever we vigilant. do. And and I'm very, very particular. I mean, that upset me so bad, that whole thing about that filming permit. And come to find out what it, they was doing, it wasn't even about that. It was about, the obviously, over the past 25 years, this particular bear guide has some issues. And I said, you know, they were squeezing me. And I said, guys, I was in Orange. I had my license. I did everything I was supposed to do. I called the bear in. I said, I've killed 15 giant bears in Canada for the bow. Do you think that I would bring a recurve to North Carolina and shoot a 150-pound bear because I'm trying to be off? I'm trying to break the law. So it was, uh, the guy says, you know what? It was the same time that the West Fertilizer plant exploded here in Texas. Uh, and we had a a predator varmint hog hunting show that's actually going on this weekend over here in Waco. And I went over there. I was stripping shirt, hats, belts, everything I could to raise money for those families. And when that judge in North Carolina seen all of that, he said, you know what? You got caught up in a bad deal. This is the fault of the outfitter. And I think you're a stand-up dude. And I told him, I appreciate that. I promote this sport is what I do. And But you are exactly correct. I don't care if this guy that you're going hunting with is a 35-year veteran in his home state. You have to do your research. You have to get online. There's no excuse anymore. You have to look, read the magazines. You have to read the brochures and all the hunting regs for each state that you go to. That is your responsibility, and that's exactly what I do. I have to have help with it because I am on such an elevated platform. And everybody's wanting a piece. So I have to be careful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's taught me. It's taught me. 
to do that, and I should have been doing that to start with, and it's everybody's hunt's responsibility to do that on their own, and I hope that everybody can learn. This is the only reason I brought this up. I don't hide anything from anybody. I am what I am, and I do what I do, and I try to do it the right way, and it is a very, very tough spot to be in for me and for you, especially. What, uh, here's a question for you. What is, uh, what does the pig man do when he really just needs to get away from it all and decompress? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I haven't decompressed, but I tell you what I do like to do. What do, you uh, do? We film so fast that I have to keep all my equipment. And in TV, uh, new products rotate through the seasons. You, I mean, you know it better than anybody. Yeah, talk to the master. Yeah, every once in a while. You, yeah, yeah, every once in a while. Don't you wish you could just shoot the same bow for like two years straight? Please, please. I tell them at Bear, please don't send me something else. I just got this one dialed in. But the great thing is, when I'm when I'm when I'm I cut the phones off. Uh, I'll go grab a couple dozen shafts. I'll sit down. Um, I'll fletch my arrows, and I know in my mind that I'm prepping for the upcoming shows. And we got to get the right product in front of people because I want to. I want to use the newest stuff, and I want to give uh, the fan, the customer, the bow hunter, every opportunity he possibly can have to think. Dang, that that new small diameter arrow is really going to be good for this particular situation I'm going into. So I try to get as much information out there, and that's part of that is for me and you both is testing equipment, working on the arrows, the bows, the broadheads, the outserts, the air rest, the sights, and. Give it a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and you will reap the rewards. Well, let me ask you this: since we're on the subject, and I know you said you didn't come on here, you're not trying to sell anything to anybody, but people are probably curious. Everything that's come out in the last few years, lots of new technology all the time, gadgets, gizmos, you name it, a hundred million things, most of which, quite frankly, you don't need. What are two or three or four of the best stuff that you've seen come down the pipe in the last few years that as a bow hunter, you're like, this has made a difference in my success or what the way I'm hunting, and you ought to check it out. I would say I would start with the shorter axle-to-axle two-cam style bows. I know everybody's a single-cam fan, and those bows will do the same thing with lighter weight arrows. But if we go back to the start of our interview, and me and you both agree that a heavier arrow is better, you will start seeing two-cam bows and binary cam bows running off and leaving single-cam bows as far as being efficient with those heavier arrow weights. And... Some of the new drop-away rests. My particular um, favorite is the Revolution 2.0 from Trophy Ridge. Trophy Ridge's new site with smart pin technology. You set your 20 and 30 gap, and you're shot in now to 100 yards. Not to say that you should ever shoot at an animal at 100 yards. Uh, the best archers in the world that, that shoots perfect 300s, you know, or whatever, they should not be doing that either. And I take longer shots at animals, but I'm shooting at pigs. And we're, we're on an eradication set situation, and I, I shoot the poundage and the arrow weights and the stuff to kill the pigs. So, um, but I, I think that the new technology, look, you don't got to have a $1,000 bow, guys. That's what I'm saying. There is some $300 bows and some $400 bows uh, you, that you buy, and you are set, man. Our te- we're so far ahead. I remember when kinetic energy was pound for pound. If you wanted 100 foot-pounds of kinetic energy, you better be shooting a 100-pound bow. Good. This is an interesting fact. 
I would say that a 29-inch draw length is the average mm-hmm. of the bow hunter. That's mine. I have bows that are 70 to 72 pounds that are getting 90 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. It's that, that re- evolution in our world is the greatest thing that's happened to archery and heavy-walled micro-diameter shafts. Mm-hmm. That you, is what, health. Who do you, what arrow do you prefer? I shoot a pile driver pass-through extreme from Carbon Express. I make my own outserts, the old Beeman-style outsert that goes over the shaft. Um, I do know that uh, the Deep Six arrows are really good. I do know Gold Tip makes great. There's great products out there for everybody. I'm an ambassador for Carbon Express because I believe that their quality control is in, from when you start putting outserts over the end of an arrow. It strengthens it. But what you see is the variance in the outside diameters when, that, when those arrows are ground to size. And the spine consistency is, the spine deflection consistency is so uh, close that I just don't see anything out there like it. Yeah, it's like you said, too, a lot of good products out there. I've shot, uh, you know, plenty of things with Carbon Express, the Easton Injections, uh, the Victory, even the Victory VAPs. They're good. I, there's, there's a lot to, you know, regardless of the brand, I think you and I are both agreeing here that the new micro diameter, and, and the thing I always tell guys, too, is, listen, you take, take some of these micro diameter arrows, same length, same weight as whatever arrow you're currently shooting. You shoot those two arrows into any target you want, I guarantee you the skinnier, narrower arrow is going deeper into that target. It's just physics. Well, physics is physics, man. You can't change the laws of physics. No, you can't. And to simplify it, it's simply this. If the arrow that you're shooting is smaller than the feral diameter of the broadhead, what's going to happen? The broadhead's going through, and the arrow don't touch skin. So there's no drag on that arrow at all it's, it's, yeah, and it's also it's also taking the same amount of energy from the bow and packing it into uh, a smaller area the thing i always do right just take your hand and put it on somebody's shoulder right and push on their shoulder with five pounds of force it hardly feels like anything now take just your fingertip and put it on their shoulder and push with the same five pounds of force with just your fingertip. It feels like somebody's poking you. Whereas when you do it with the whole palm of your hand, well, that's the same thing. Imagine shooting a big PVC pipe at 300 feet per second into that target. How far do you think that's going to go? Now take a soda straw and shoot at 300 feet per second. You oh, see that. what I'm saying? Man, that packs, that pack. I'm telling you, man, these micro diameter arrows, there's, there's, it, it really it's not it's not just two guys talking it's science well me and you've been in it long enough to know and i remember uh i remember the old uh pcs and the old outserted arrows and ain't it crazy that the half out style outserts uh and it's not just uh the hit hidden technology it's now that you're seeing all these companies revert back to oh yeah having a little bit of 6011 aluminum or 7075 either over the arrow or the, if when you put aluminum or metal in front of that carbon arrow, you just strengthened it by yeah. 30%. What's old is new again. And, it's crazy, and, ain't it? And with some improvements, you know, like I know uh, 
trying to think Muddy's offering them in their arrows, but uh, somebody else is making it. But those indexable outserts, where now, you know what I mean? It's got a little Allen screw down in there, so you can turn that, and it makes it super, super simple to index all your arrow, your uh, broadhead blades with your fletching if you want to do that. Because all you got to do is loosen it, turn turn the outsert to wherever you want it, and tighten it back down. That's nuts. Uh, you know, and, and there is conventional. That's great technology. Conventionally, what you do is you tighten the broadhead on the arrow with a, I use a pair of pliers to hold the outsert and a broadhead wrench. I tighten it up, and when, as I glue these on, I'm actually spinning these on, and I index them all the same. But now, with drop-away rests, okay, in our industry, all you have to do, it's not a necessarily... I think anymore. I think the veins and the the broadheads are made so good in the arrows. I think it's more of a consistency thing than it is. Oh, these broadhead has to be exactly aligned with the veins. I don't think that's as important as it used to be. I still think that there is something to that. But if you pick the right bow and it's tuned and it's timed and the arrow is spined exactly, and a lot of the fix for broadhead uh, erratic broadhead flight is go to a heavier arrow. Why do we keep going back to this? That's all it is, my friend. Don't push the spine of an arrow. You will fail. It's going to fail. Go to the heavier arrow. It will help broadhead flight immensely. And like you said, that is one of the greatest inventions in recent years is the indexable outsert because you have your broadhead in vain, on 12 arrows, exactly the same, and guess what? It's going to come off the bow exactly the same. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, big man. I had I can't hardly believe we killed 45 minutes just like that. I don't think I run into, you know, I, I am known as somebody who can be a little bit intense. I would say you probably match and exceed that. So you get the two of us on the line, and, man, it was just a nonstop motor mouth right here. Hey, look, all, all me and you are both trying to do is not promote, just promote the sport per se. We are, of course. What we're doing, we're on two totally different platforms, and we're both working to the same goal. And if you are an avid bow hunter and you know a child and you have not already showed this child how to shoot a bow, I am very disappointed in you. Uh, I still hope you tune in and support Boss Hog, but please do me and my man here a favor and take every kid that you possibly can hunting because uh, I'm going to tell you something, archery will change a child's life, and I'm being serious. Well, there's no doubt. And you know what the best thing about archery is? You don't have to be tall, strong, fast, or good-looking to be good at it. Oh, no. No, some of the best bow shots I know are ugly. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I take personal offense at that comment. Well, the good thing is for you is I don't really know what you look like, so I'm not talking to you. <laughs> well, listen, man. Obviously, Boss Hog. Obviously, Pigman the Series. I bet you have a website. People want to get in touch with the Pigman. Where do they go? PigmanTV.com. Hit me up on Facebook, and uh, I promise you, any questions that you send through the website, I will get around to them. Don't think I forgot you uh, about equipment setup, anything that you have questions about. I will give you uh, my 100% opinion, and I'm telling you that I know you guys will do the same. The guys can write in and ask questions. And look, this is a sport to where there's not always one right answer. There's multiple ways to skin the cat. That's absolutely right. 
Get out there and do it. Do it on your own. Ask questions. Get knowledgeable about the equipment. And go out there and have a good time and take a kid on. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. If you ain't having fun, it ain't worth doing it. Exactly. And, and, uh, and again, full circle, go hunt some pigs because I guarantee it's going to be one of, the, one of the most affordable hunts that you're ever going to do. And if it's not one of the most fun hunts, if not the most fun hunt you ever did, uh, Pigman and I will give you a full money back refund. Oh, no question. It is, you will be addicted just like I am, and then you two, my friends, can become the pig man. Well, that's a noble goal to aspire to, and on that, Pig, we will call it a call it a wrap. I really appreciate your time. I wish you the best success with your new series, uh, continuation of the Pigman series on Sportsman's Channel, and I will make sure that the next time we're at an industry event, whether it's the ATA or somewhere else, I'm going to come introduce myself to you so you can see how good-looking I am. And I want to say one last thing uh, for a feather in your hat. I am honored to have been interviewed by you, the publication. Uh, it's it's a it's a magazine. It's it's what I read. It's what I. This is where I come from. Things like you guys do is what makes people like me. And I've got to say thank you for your time. And uh, if I can ever return the favor, uh, I'm always here for you too, buddy. Hey, appreciate it, man. You have a great day, and uh, we'll be seeing and hearing a lot more from Brian Quacka, the pig man. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new ultra micro diameter injection arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now. <laughs>